Holy Spirit to come. We invite you in this time of worship to have your way. In Jesus' name, everybody say
close your eyes where you're at right now. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered, there he is, there his presence, there his spirit is. I want you guys to start thinking about that right now. Just become ever aware of his presence. Become ever aware of his spirit right now at work. Come on, if you're in this place and you haven't been close to the Holy Spirit, you don't feel it, I just invite you. He invites you to come. Holy Spirit, it's not about just us. It's not about the words on a karaoke screen. It's about your son, Jesus Christ. It's about the love of a father that's being manifested through the Spirit. And we say, we declare as Scripture say, that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Begin to lift your hands in this place if you have that freedom. Come on, lift your hands in this place. Come on, if you want more of his love, lift your hands and say, I want more of his love. Come on, just tell him in your own words, I want more of his love. I want him to fill me up. Come on, tell him that. Say, fill me up, God. Come on, tell him. Come on, see, I want more of you, Jesus. Oh, more. I want more. Yes, I want more of you. Higher than. 
that day, those people that were filled with the spirits head out to the street, God. They made their way out to the street, and that day, just one day alone, 3,000 people gave their lives to you. They encountered the love of Jesus. Father, I speak to a room, not 3,000, not 1,000. Father, not even 100. Father, not even 50. Father, I speak to the people today. God, that you would move. We're tired of the original. We're tired of just having church services where everything just seems normal. That we can come in. We can just talk to our friends. We can be distracted. Nothing happened in our lives. Nothing happened in our hearts. Father, pray that you captivate hearts this morning. This night, God, as we take this time to think about you, that you would do it right now. Father, I just ask that you would just invite them. It's not going to happen because I'm just telling you, because I'm singing it, because I'm leading it. But it happens in your heart.
place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. There's no place. Just you, God. Come out a fancy show. Just you, God. Come on. No place I would rather.
God's not expecting you to have it all right together. He's expecting you to come to His Son, Jesus Christ. I don't know who you are. I'm not sure who I'm talking to in this place. I don't care if your life is, is beyond fixable in your own thoughts. Like, man, you don't even know my story. You don't even know what's happening. You don't even know my family. You don't even know me. Guess what? I don't. God does. I try to run, 
soldiers over here. Let me have my saints over here. We've got some exciting things happening this week. You want to stay tuned. Don't want to miss out. 
We got a special day tomorrow. We want to sing happy birthday. Hallelujah. We got three minutes. Then we're going to break back in. Three minutes, and then we're going to break back in. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Amen. Three minutes. Let's go. Amen. It's three minutes starting now. minute then we're gonna break back in one minute break back in Thirty seconds, break back in. Thirty seconds, you're breaking back in. Fifteen seconds, fifteen seconds, and break back in. Five seconds. Three, two, one. Go ahead and break back in for me, please.
you lower the mic down just a little bit for me? I'm kind of loud. Really loud. I don't even need a mic, but for the sake of the webcast, right? Okay, so everyone, welcome to Elevate. One more time. Oh, that was pretty weak. Let me get a what, what after Elevate. What? Uh-oh. Elevate. 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 All right, welcome to Elevate, where we meet every Friday at 7.30, um, where we live in above the norm, where we're taking it to a new level of Christianity, where we're coming to church, but we're acting what we get taught in church, right? We don't just come to church to come to church. At least we shouldn't, right? So if... Uh, Adam, can you please slide for me? All right, I'm going to talk about the vision and the strategy and the goal just briefly. So the vision, what we do here at Metro Praise, a.k.a. Elevate, we love God and we love people. How do we love people? Well, by connecting them to the cross, by evangelizing to them and spreading the gospel, right? And the way that we connect is through evangelism. We go to Shares High School. We go to Lane Tech. We go to Prosser. We tell them about Jesus today. Um, actually, Adam and, and one of our fellow attendees Lawrence um he they went to uh Shures and talked to people about Jesus so that's the way we connect you to the cross we connect you to Jesus after we do that get you to come to church and be faithful we mentor you and we mentor you <laughs> we, we connect you through a life group there you go <laughs> I was like huh Okay, so we connect you. Another way we connect you is through a life group. We just broke out into the JC Soldiers and the Saints. What you can do is meet us up on a Saturday at 6 p.m. or meet us up on a Sunday at 2. Well, you guys get to know who the people you're sitting next to more than just the people you came with. So we talk about Jesus. We have a mini Bible study. There's snacks. There's a movie. It's just time for you guys to have fun and get to know the people around you and to really know, know about who Jesus is. Another way that we... Um, now after connecting, we mentor you. And by mentoring you, we start our discipleship class. Our start a discipleship class. So what we do is we take you individually or as a group and we tell you about Jesus. We teach you the way of Jesus. We teach you how to live like a Christian. And the girls meet on Saturday. And if you have any questions, they meet with Adam on Wednesday. Right there in the back. All right, cool. And after we mentor you, we have equipped you. We have taught you about the ways of Jesus, and we taught you how to preach the gospel. Then we're going to send you out so you can do it all over again. So that way you can be the one to disciple. You can be the one to start a life group. And that's what we do. Our goal here in, um, at Metro Praise is 100 disciples in Chicago and with 50 churches and to plant 500 churches around the world. If you have any idea about our missions, we have churches in India and Nepal and Africa, all over the world. Um, another way that we can send you out, not only through evangelism and stuff like that, is through Bible college. I am a Bible college student. Jared, who is going to be speaking shortly, is a Bible college student. Adam is a Bible college student, and it's a it's school that equips you to be work to be to be to work in the ministry, to just be stretched, to just learn how to um, live a life for God to the most radical extent. All right, so if you have any questions about SUM, just go ahead and ask Adam or I, or, uh, yeah, basically Adam or I about any more questions. Now we're going to go through with the tithes and offerings. If, um, so now we're going to talk about a tithe. Tithe is 10% of your total income, all right, 10%, all right, and whatever you offer after that, it's called an offering. So we're going to have a little pop quiz here. Okay, so 10%, what we do is move the decibel over, okay? I'm not going to confuse you. So move the decimal over this way, all right? So anyone want to 
Give it a try. What's 10% of 2007? So not all you guys raise your hands at once. Tito. Good job. And survey says, good. Okay. <laughs> or if I get you guys all to stand up for me, please. All right, we're going to just pray and we're going to ask God to just bless us. You know, bless us so we can be a blessing. And whatever you have to offer today, take it as an offering. If you got $10 this week, give 10% of that. We all found out what's 10% of $10? dollars dollar. All right, and if, if you want to offer the whole $10, $9 offering, $1 tithe, okay? All right, we're going to read this together. Everyone on three. One, two, three. Acts. Oh. Acts. 20 verse 35 remembering the words the lord jesus himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive and pray lord god i thank you god for tonight lord god and i pray god for the word to just come forth god and to be able to minister to us lord god i pray that as these students got give out, out, out of their hearts god that they give genuinely lord god and cheerfully lord god that you'd bless everything they got uh, that they give lord god that they would get it in return to be a blessing later on Lord, so I thank you, God, for what you're doing tonight. I thank you what you're about for what you're about to do, Lord, in these children's lives. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. If you guys can find your way back to your seats. Hallelujah. How many of y'all like hip-hop? All right, all right. How about this? How many of y'all like reggaeton? Okay. I'm just going to share a little story. Y'all, see, y'all don't even know, man. Okay. I don't want to take much time from my, my brother here. But it just came up to my As I came up, this past week, I was driving my car. I'm in the car. You know, I'm listening to my worship music, and then I pull up to a car, this, this black Max, Maxima, Nissan Maxima, and it was just chilling, pimped out, polished everything. The guy was Puerto Rican for sure, fresh fade and everything. And then he looks at me, and then I look at him. You know, my worship music was pretty loud, and he just looks down, and he's messing with something. And then all I hear is reggaeton, man. I remember the song. Let me try to get it to you right now. Here he goes. No, I don't remember. I promise you. But, but I just remember as he sped off, I just remember just a flashback, me back in youth. I remember driving up to youth group my senior year in high school, listening to We Sing and Yandel over here bumping it. Then coming into Jesus and be like, Jesus, what's good? And come back out, you know, over here like crazy nasty music. I don't know why I had to share that with you, but I just came up here just like, man, I'm going to share them and let them know that, man, I wasn't all perfect at one time that someone reached out to me, you know, this entire month. We have been making that our focus. Um, as a matter of fact, we have a guest speaker today. You know, why don't you guys stand up to your feet? Let's give a warm house welcome for my man, my brother, Jared Walker. I just want to tell you a little bit about Jared before he gets to the preaching. Um, Jared right here, my man, uh, Jared came to the Lord about four years ago, Correct. About the time when I came back to church to rededicate my life, and my earliest 
um, memory of Jared was Jared coming in. I forget the shirt that you had on, but you had like a hat on, right? And you had a shirt on. The Black Sabbath shirt. Okay, I'm glad that he had a shirt on. I remember that much. He had pants on too, okay? Right? And check this out. I remember Jared in the back, and J Pastor Joe puts it like this. As Jared was walking, pacing in the back. I just remembered my encounter with Jared after youth service, going outside in the back, and Jared was just like contemplating smoking. I think he had smoked, and I'm just talking to him. like, man, what's up? And he's like, I don't know if I can give my life to Jesus. Why? Because it's hard for me to stop smoking. And I'm just like, dude, I mean, it's not even about that right now. I know, but you guys, you know, you're saying that, and that's something you have to do, right? It's like, yeah, well, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, this guy's going to be a lost case, man. But now how I've seen God move throughout the years, he is now our evangelism pastor, about to graduate from Bible college, you know, being launched onto full-time ministry. He's doing it now. He's happily married to his wife, Sue Ellen, with a baby on the way. I mean, God has blessed him. If you can, I wish there was like some type of machine that can plug, plug you into my brain to see what I saw to how this man was just like out there and how God has brought him. Someone like Jared, you know, and I mean, he's no different from any one of us, but God has used him in a mighty way. And he's going to share with you today about evangelism. I think he's more than qualified every Saturday going out to Wicker Park. Going out to the places where you don't go telling people about Jesus because they don't want to hear you. He's out there preaching the gospel. Amen. Why don't you give another warm welcome for Jared as he comes up. Amen. Give it up to Adam, your pastor. Come on. He, uh, he said most everything I wanted to say in introducing myself. God has been good to me. He's changed my life in so many ways. I once upon a time was a sad, mean sinner. And now I'm a child of God with a new life, a blessed family, so on and so forth. Uh, before I get into the word, I want to just ask you guys to have patience with me. Be gracious with me because I'm not with it. Not with it. I'm, a, I'm kind of an old soul. I'm kind of an old man, 24 years old now. And even when I was a teenager, I, didn't really, I wasn't really up to the teenagers slang, what teenagers were doing. Give you an example how, how not with it I am. Young man, Mike, will you stand up, brother? Come on, give it up for Mike, Mike. Medium Mike, his dad's big Mike, that's medium Mike. Medium Mike comes up to me, he says to me, hey man, are you Gucci? Am I what? Are you Gucci? Are you, are you cool? I guess. I mean, I never really wore Gucci, I can't afford it. I'm more like Kmart. Come on, somebody. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Jesus loves you, whether you're in Gucci or FUBU. Come on, somebody. He loves you no matter what you rock. So everybody turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. We're going to get into the Word, and Pastor Adam asked me to speak to you all on evangelism, on reaching people for Jesus Christ. And uh, with God's help, that's just what we're going to do. And while you get there in your Bibles, I'm just going to pray for us. Father... In Jesus' name, help us to understand what you're saying here. For those kids that are on fire for you today, God, light a fire under their butt to go out and reach others, God. And if there's anybody here that does not know you, give them a vision of Jesus Christ, of his cross, and of his glory, and show them how much they need him. In his precious name we pray. Amen. Everybody there in your Bibles, Matthew 9.35. Come on says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, 
and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. From this passage, you can get that Jesus was hard at work. Someone say he was working. Come on. Jesus was teaching. Jesus was preaching and Jesus was healing. Well, what was Jesus teaching? If you look back in your Bibles a few pages, you don't have to turn there, but that's a point of reference for you. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. That's called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus gave some of the most clear and powerful teaching on how to live a blessed and godly life, how to live a happy life and a life with meaning. And that's what he was teaching them. And he was preaching. What was he preaching? What was his message? Anybody want to just shout out a guess? One word. Repent. Come on, somebody. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. In short, he was telling men and women, stop sinning. Stop doing things your way. Learn to live for God. Learn to live God's way. The kingdom is coming. God is coming. You don't have a lot of time. And people were listening. Jesus was healing people. People who were demon possessed. Come on. You know that happens? We're getting set free. People who were blind could see. People who were crippled could walk. The Bible says in different places that whole towns and villages came to Jesus. Crowds came to Jesus. They brought sick people to him, and he healed them all. Say, he healed them all. He didn't heal some. He healed them all. And we're right here parked at the end of Matthew chapter 9, and you can just kind of guess where Jesus is at. At this point, he's probably preached to thousands of people. They've heard his teaching. They've heard his message. And his call to repentance. Thousands or hundreds, if not thousands, have been healed directly by him. Touched by him directly. And yet, it says he saw the crowds in verse 36. And I don't want to put words in Jesus' mouth because it doesn't say it here, but I can just kind of picture him. You know, with the sigh and just looking back at all the people. And he realizes and he says to himself, there's so much more to be done. There's so many more hurting people out there. There's so many more people out there that are like lost sheep. And I know you guys are real smart. That's not literally like with hooves and wool and they go bad, bad. Lost sheep means lost people. It means you went astray from God. It means you're out of God's will for your life. Everybody tracking with me? And he sees them and he has compassion on them. Realizing that as many people as he's touched, as many people as have heard his teaching and his preaching, as many people as have been healed, there are still many more that have not heard the message, that have not been taught the way of life, that have not been healed, that have, have, have had no contact with Jesus, but they need it desperately. Come on, somebody. This is where you come in. Then he looked to his disciples. How many disciples do we have in here? Come on. How many disciples do we have in here? Then he looked to his disciples. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, therefore, that he will send workers out into his harvest fields. And if you're saved, if you're on fire for Jesus, you're the answer to that prayer. 
Come on. There's people out there. Friend, the high schools you go to, they're ready. They're plentiful. Any given high school, Schurz, Mather, Lane Tech, Steinmetz, Von Steuben, you name it. Probably a thousand kids or more each school, right? You see them swarming through all the hallways between class periods, don't you? When class lets out at the end of the day, that whole three-block radius full of students, right? Tons of kids. You know what Jesus sees? Sheep without a shepherd, harassed and helpless. As I've explained, sheep is a metaphor. Shepherd is also a metaphor. It means a spiritual leader or a spiritual guide. Jesus himself said he was the good shepherd, so Jesus is the ultimate spiritual leader. And, and people like Adam, actually, the word pastor means uh, shepherd, so he's a shepherd to you. He guides you in a spiritual way. He teaches you the things of God. He protects you. And you know shepherds protect sheep? Come on. Shepherds protect sheep. You get a, a lone sheep out there off by itself and a wolf comes up on it, he'll tear that thing apart. No hesitation. If there's a shepherd, he'll get in the way. He'll intervene. He'll club that thing to death. He'll do anything he can to protect that sheep. But these people have no shepherds. What that means today in our context, in our schools, and in this age group, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm in a uh, different age bracket than y'all. You, you guys are what's called the millennials. Say the millennials. Sounds fun. So the millennials got the short end of the stick. This generation is without a shepherd. Without shepherds in general. No one's teaching them the word of God. No one's guiding them. No one's keeping them on a straight course. So there's a lot of folks that are kind of losing their way. I don't want to embarrass anybody, so I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but we'll do a quick survey. How many of you growing up had your parents read the Bible with you on a regular basis? Come on. Just every day, hey, our family's going to read the Bible. We're just going to pray and read the Bible together. Your parents would speak blessings over you. Lord, bless my son, bless my daughter, help them to do good in school, help them to, you know, please you in every way. How many had that? And I know you weren't praying in school or reading the Bible in school because they, they cut that out a long time ago, right? Come on. They used to teach the Bible in school, by the way. They used to pray in school, by the way. Cut it out. They don't want God in school. They say, happy holiday, not Merry Christmas. Cut the Bible out of schools. But you know what they play instead? And I heard this from a sure student. They play Lady Gaga, Lil Wayne, between class periods. Here's the sad thing. We don't have shepherds. We don't have people telling them the word of God. You know who has the most influence, though, on young people, on people your age? Those people I mentioned, Lil Wayne, Lady Gaga, Drake, you name it. Nicki Minaj, they have more of an influence on young people than Jesus Christ. Some of you have never picked up this uh, a Bible in your life. Everyone look up at me. Some of you have never picked up a Bible in your life, but you memorize those perverted songs. Some of you have never spent an hour of quality time with the Lord, but you had some day, uh, what's, the, what's the movie, Twilight? You had some Twilight fantasy uh, of running away with a vampire and getting married. You never fell in love with Jesus, but you dreamed of falling in love with a vampire. Help us, Jesus. We have no knowledge of God. There was a prophet in the Old Testament. He said this, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. For those of you taking notes, that's Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. 
We got a student right there. In verse 13, he says, a people without understanding will surely perish. Why are people destroyed? They don't know God. Why do people perish? They don't have understanding. Come on. And if you don't know who God is and what he requires of you, then you're not going to have an understanding of what life's about, what's right and wrong, what to do with your life. You'll get lost really quick. And we were talking about Adam and, and Lawrence, one of our youth, going out to the high schools. There's not a lot of youth pastors that actually go out to the high schools and stand out in front of there. Who's telling our generation about Jesus Christ? Come on. Who's telling? I mean, really. I want to take a moment to unpack that thought. You think I'm exaggerating. People are destroyed because we don't go to church? Really? We perish because we don't believe the Bible? Yes, you do. If you don't have Jesus Christ, you're that lost sheep. If you don't have Jesus Christ, you need a shepherd. You need help desperately. Let me illustrate this for you. I want to take a moment to park on this. We're going to discern a lie from a reality for a minute. Jesus said that we should walk in the daytime because we have the light of the sun and that we shouldn't walk in the, in the nighttime because it's dark and you might stumble. He's using spiritual language. But I find it funny. I, I, was at, I was working a few months back, and they were playing B96. And I don't like that station. I don't like the music. But I, I had to sit and listen to it for the whole shift. And I made this observation. Almost every song, and you guys probably know this, talks about the night. The night. Tonight I feel like falling in love again. Let's go all the way tonight. You mean everything tonight. For all we know, we might not see tomorrow. Some of you guys know those songs. Some of you guys love those songs. Come on. You know them and you love them and you memorize them and it's on your cell phone, but you don't have a Bible app on your cell phone. Help us, Jesus. So we get sold this whole image. Every Friday night is the night of your life. Every Saturday, the night of your life. Live it up. Be happy now. Have as much fun as you can now. The Bible says it like this. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. That's a godless worldview, my friend. That's a view of life that says there's no God, there's no purpose, there's no meaning. I won't stand before God. What's the point? This is all life is about. Having a party, having a good time, right? And I'm constantly reminding folks of that on the streets. I was at Mardi Gras. How many know what Mardi Gras is? It's in New Orleans. It's the world's biggest party. A million people will pack into one square mile to party, to drink, to booze, to hook up with, with people sexually, if you know what I mean. And we were preaching out there. And I was just thinking to myself, man, if I were out here and I was a sinner... I'd be out here with a $10 drink in my hand. I'd have some beads on. I might have seen some women's breasts, but I'd feel empty. I'd feel absolutely empty. I'd feel like I didn't belong, like I was passing through. Like, man, this is it. But we get this idea. It's hyped up. It's glamorous. It's beautiful. It's just like on TV. It's just like in the movies. Come on, guys. You step up in the spot. You got your crispy kicks. See, I'm a little with it. You got your crispy kicks, got your fresh fade on. Girls, you got hair, hair done, nails done. 
Come on, I'm going to read some of y'all's minds because this is like the teenage American dream right here. Step up in the spot. Come on, you got some good, good from the weed man. Ludacris told you you needed that, by the way. He lied to you. You got some good, good. You got just the right amount of alcohol in your system. You, you got a little buzz on, but you're not like sloppy drunk. You can still function. You can still drive. Come on. You can still, you know, throw your game, spit your game. Come on. Let's say you get a hypothetical situation here. You get some hater. Some hater starts hating. How about that? And you'll be like, what? And then he scurries off and everybody's like, yeah, that's the man. That's the man. And that's just it. That's what you dream of. That's what a lot of guys, they want to be like. Come on. Girls, same thing. You want to meet that guy on the dance floor? She's a dime piece. He looks like Daddy Yankee. You look like Pitbull. Come on. And y'all just dance. It's just like slow motion. Y'all sweating. It's just passionate. Come on. I won't even torture y'all with my dancing. Now, I'm being funny. I'm going to scare y'all in a second. They're dancing. The ideal end to the night is that y'all go to bed, especially for the guys. They go to bed. They have a little SCX. Come on. That's it. That's what life is all about. That's heaven on earth right there. And then repeat the next week and the next week and the next week and next week. And you're sold a lie. And listen, I mentioned Lady Gaga. I mentioned these people. And you know their faces. You know their names. You know their songs. But there's people you never meet. And they sell you fast food. They sell you fashion. They sell you sex. They sell you violence. They sell your soul to the devil, friend. They make money off you. They want your wallet. They want your parents' wallets. They want your minds. That's why you need shepherds to protect you from that. To tell you that Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. And that's not what life's all about. Now we got through the lie about the club life, the glamorous life, what it's made out to be. You know what? We want to know what it's really like. You step up in the spot, but your kicks aren't all that crispy. You're a little self-conscious because you got some white air ones two weeks ago. And you know how white shoes are. They already got scuffs. So you feel a little self-conscious because you placed all your value in what you look like. Hello, somebody. Get a little self-conscious, kind of hide your toes from people. Step up in the spot. And you don't get just the right amount of alcohol. You don't get the right buzz. You get sloppy drunk. I'm not exaggerating. Everything I'm telling you happened to people I know. Or to me. Hey, somebody, you know, before I was saved, I wasn't saved. Just a little fun fact there. Before I was saved, I wasn't saved. Before I knew Jesus, I didn't know Jesus. You get sloppy drunk. You pee on yourself. You throw up. People laugh at you. They tell stories about you acting a fool, and you don't even remember. Man, it, the, the, the Belvedere commercials with Usher, they didn't make it look like that. Come on. The Cavassier commercials with R. Kelly didn't make it look like that. And I'm going to pause here. Because you might be saying, well, I'm not that into hip-hop. I'm not in the club scene. I'm more into anime. I'm more into Twilight. Well, listen, friend. I'm hitting on one thing, but the same spirit is leading y'all in different directions, and they're not the right one. Whatever scene you're into, whatever image you're buying into, it is a diversion. It's meant to keep you away from Jesus Christ, meant to keep you away from that truth. Back to our illustration. We're sloppy drunk. Girls and guy on the dance floor you juking, grinding on each other, all nasty, macking on the, making on the dance floor. You go home, girls give their bodies away, sloppy, drunk, awkward sex, they feel ashamed, but they go back the next week. Rihanna told them they need a thug, they need a soldier, 
Come on. A soldier will beat you, cheat on you, get you pregnant, lie to you. Rihanna told you, Beyonce told you, you need a thug, you need a bad boy. And that's not even the worst. People I know, raped by one or more men. STDs going around. Come on. HIV and AIDS. You get pregnant and you get pressure from all kinds of different directions to abort the baby. And with the laws in place, you can do it on your lunch break in the nurse's office. Your parents will never know. God knows. That's what it's like. And I could tell you, I knew a girl, 16 years old, pregnant. Baby daddy was a gangbanger. They were partying one night. He was drunk, coked out, put a pillow to her face, shot her in the face. That's what the life is really like. The devil will give you the hook. Uh, he'll, give you, he'll show you the bait. The little worm, that little tantalizing thing, that image of what it's supposed to be like. He won't show you the hook. She didn't die. The baby died. She was disfigured. Come on, somebody. That's reality. But why do people even go after that? Why do people want something so empty? Why is the highest goal in the lives of young people is to party and have a good time and be some Mac Daddy? Come on. Young men don't want to be husbands and fathers. They want to be hustlers and baby daddies. You'll never be a man. You'll be a boy who likes sex. Come on. There's no way to earn a living hustling, doing these different things. They, they believe a lie because they've never really heard the truth. They don't know the truth and they don't understand the truth and so are destroyed. And Jesus looks at us with compassion. Yes, he sees us. We at the short end of the stick. Listen, we are in a fatherless generation. So many of us, myself included, are the product of fatherless homes, of divorce, of just brokenness, adultery, you name it, abuse, you name it. We are in a sexually molested generation. There are statistics, especially in inner cities, of girls getting molested. Not just physically, but visually. We're exposed to so much filth. You hear fifth and sixth graders talking about menage a trois and all this sick stuff. Who taught them that? Yet it was on primetime TV. Come on. You don't need, that's not even on cable anymore. It's on, it's on free TV. You can find out about that stuff. Nasty stuff. Molested generation. Sexually confused. We go to Humble Park every year. We see the Puerto Rican girls with the rainbow flags. They're lesbians. Some of them have the boy haircuts and stuff. Sexually confused. They never seen a mother and a father model a real healthy relationship for them. Come on. No foundation. We need shepherds. We need somebody to show them how to live right. And I'm looking at disciples in here. I know some of you guys are disciples. I don't know everybody here, but I know there are some disciples in this place. And that's you. Turn to Romans 10. Another story, just to drive this home. Young people, if you don't reach your classmates for Jesus, if you don't reach the people around you, Stephanie, you were reached for Jesus, weren't you? Come on. If, if, if that young lady didn't come up to you, would you have gone to church? No. I went to a youth center, Belmont and Broadway in the heart of Boys Town. 
I went there with my friend because he was getting his GED. They offer a lot of social services. That's one of them. And they had this wall of fame. And it had, I'll give you a few examples, full of pictures, full of these different young people and their testimonies. One was like a 10-year-old little white girl. She had baggy clothes on. And, they, and it was all just celebrating how they came out of the closet. At this establishment, they had a bowl of condoms right at the front desk. They had another uh, picture and a testimonial of a young man, uh, African-American, about 17 years old, dressed like a lady. And I'm just thinking, man, he's hurting confused kids. And I'm not picking on the homosexuals. Listen, if you're a guy and you're girl crazy, or if you're a girl and you're guy crazy, you need just as much help from Jesus. But this was it. These people are so hurting. Imagine the abuse. Imagine the confusion. Those things that, that brought out those desires and those things in them. And they go to a place they want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be shown how to live right. And they go to the place that's affirming the very destructive behavior and celebrating the destructive behavior that will only compound their pain and make things worse for years to come. Now, I'm not saying you tell a homosexual you're a sinner, you're an abomination to God, but you could tell him Jesus loves you. He has better things for you than that. Imagine how many people could have been pulled out of that lifestyle. Someone reached out to him. I was reached on the street by youth, and I wasn't even a youth. I was a little older than a youth. A testimony to that. Help us, Jesus. Everyone in Romans chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 9. This message is for two people today. It's for the harvesters, it's for the shepherds, and it's for the lost sheep. And you know who you are tonight. I think we might have nailed it. Listen, you know Jesus by how you think and how you live. You know that you know him by how you think and how you live. And if your mind is set on money, 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 girls, 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 this, this, and that, you don't know Jesus. You don't love Jesus because if you had Jesus, those things would be so ugly to you. Those things that you once loved would be so ugly to you. So for the lost sheep, you know who you are. For the disciples, you know who you are. God holds you accountable. The Bible says, he's, God said to the prophet Ezekiel, he said, if you don't warn people, their blood is on your hands. People who are in your vicinity, people whom, whom you have the opportunity to reach, to tell them some good news about Jesus Christ, and you don't reach them. It said, if they die in their sins, your blood is on their hands. Or their blood is on your hands. Help us, Lord. Everybody, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scriptures say, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We'll stop right there. We'll pick it up in a second. But think about that. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It don't matter if you're 15 and already have three kids. It don't matter if your daddy or your uncle touched you. It don't matter if you looked in the mirror last night and called yourself ugly and called yourself a bad name because of yourself. It don't matter if you got in a fight last night or last week. It don't matter where you came from. It don't matter how bad the deck is stacked against you. It don't matter if you got one eye and they call you one eye. Joe, 
And no matter who you are, it says all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you put your trust in Jesus, he will save you. He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a new life. He's done it for me. He's done it for countless thousands and millions of others. But here's the tragedy. Picking up in verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How will anybody hear this wonderful news about Jesus? Listen, little, little rabbit trail, but I think it's worth taking. Jesus loves you more than anyone else will ever love you. We get this idea that love is about uh, a sexual high. It's an emotional high. I love you as long as I can have a good time with you. But I can tell you love is not that. Jesus said greater love is no one than this, that he laid down his life. It wasn't a good time for Jesus to hang on the cross for you and your sins. It wasn't fun for him. And if you've seen the passion of the Christ, you know the torture of crucifixion. You know how agonizing that was. But it wasn't just that. God the Father punished him for your sins and punished him for mine. If Jesus didn't go to the cross... There would not be hope for you. There would not be hope for me. We'd all be hell bound. You, wouldn't have, you could not have the joy of God in your life. You couldn't have the peace of God in your life. It would be a very dark, sad existence for everybody if Jesus did not go to the cross. He loved you and loves you. Why chase anything less than that? Why desire anything less than that? And how can anybody hear about such a great love, such a great gift? He freely offers it. It's free for you. It cost him everything. God gave his son. His son gave his life. And it was agonizing. It was ugly. But out of it, we get life. Out of it, we benefit. How's anybody going to know? How's your school going to know? Their, their parents aren't teaching them. The school, the teachers obviously are not teaching them. They're getting... They're, they spend 50 hours of screen time, 50 hours a week. That's a statistic. 50 hours in front of tablets, iPods, uh, um, their phones, computers, video games, television, movies. 50 hours a week, and you got YouTube. you got all these news and views going at them, and so much of it is ungodly. How are they going to know the gospel? How are they going to know the good news with all that filth flying at them throughout the week, and they don't get a clear message? Everyone stand up with me. I'm going to give you a few points and before we close out. I'm going to leave this for you disciples and for you guys that might find yourself as lost sheep tonight. Well, we're going to give you a chance to, to be found and to be loved by Jesus. I'm going to give you three hindrances to soul winning, three things that get in the way of you being effective and reaching people for God, and three things that are the heart of a soul winner. Three hindrances to soul winning. Number one is sin. If you have sin in your life, you're no good to anybody. If you're a slave to sin, how are you going to set other people free? Come on. Number two, worldliness. Worldliness is in two ways. One, you set a bad example for other people as a Christian. You try to invite someone to church, bring them to church, but you're acting in such a way that's ungodly, and it, and it makes it look bad for them. They think, oh, that's a Christian. I can be that way. And then they fall away, and they wonder why. 
Worldliness makes you a bad example. Worldliness makes you look at other people saying, I don't know what's wrong. I mean, they're not so bad. They watch the Kardashians. I watch the Kardashians. Maybe they dress a little more like the Kardashians, but I'm not, you know, it's not so bad. Come on. It numbs you. Worldliness makes you a bad example, and it numbs you. Third thing, a hindrance is distractions and self-centeredness. As I've mentioned, we spend so much time in front of screens. You can go between your classes. You can go on your lunch break and be in your own little world. You can have this thing in front of you all the live long day and never interact with anybody, have meaningful interaction. Because these are the things that are hard of soul winning. If you're taking notes, number one is boldness. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. I heard a preacher say it like this the first time he understood it because he used to preach in inner cities and he used to be afraid and then he wasn't. He wasn't afraid of the thugs anymore. He wasn't afraid of the gangbangers. He would preach to them. He would tell them in their face that Jesus loves them. He would tell them in their face the gospel. And he says because he realized he loved them so much that he was not afraid to die for them. You need boldness. You need a love that will compel you. Number two is love. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 say this, Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. So that those who live should not live for themselves, but live for him who died for them and was raised again. How many know we're talking about Jesus? Christ's love compels us. If he gave his life for me, I'll do anything for him. One. Your love for Jesus will compel you. And if he gave his life for them, I'll go out and reach them. And my own life doesn't matter to me. And as we close out Isaiah chapter 6, and I'm going to turn and read the passage. If we get some light music in the background, nothing to drown me out, just something to get going. Everybody stay with me here. Be very prayerful right now. God is going to start speaking to your hearts very shortly. He's going to start putting his finger on some things. If you have sin and worldliness, disciples, if you have distractions that are making you ineffective, he's going to put his finger on it. If you need boldness, love, and this last thing, a vision of God, Isaiah chapter 6, says this, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, High and exalted. And the train of his robe filled the temple. This man, this prophet is getting a vision of God. Can you imagine what God is like? He's on a throne and his robe fills the temple. And with him were seraphs. Seraph is a word that means burning ones. These were angels that were literally on fire with the glory of God. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered with their feet. And with two they were flying. They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And the whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of the voices, the doorposts and the thresholds of the temple shook and it was filled with smoke. Verse 5, Woe to me, I cried. I'm undone, for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs, the burning ones flew to me with a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs from the altar with it he touched my mouth and said see this has touched your lips your guilt is taken away your sin is atoned for 
Verse 8. Here's the crux of it. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Moan, disciples, here am I. Point to yourself. Oh, tell, it to him. tell it to him. Here am I. Send me. See, if you had a vision of God, you would see someone so worthy and wonderful and beautiful. How many love your moms? Okay? And how many know your moms love you? God loves you way more than your mom. And He's greater than your mom. No disrespect to anyone's mother. But He's far more worthy than her. And when people sin, yes, Jesus has compassion. But the sin is disgusting to Him. And when people live that life, it's disgusting to Him. They're insulting Him. Your generation spits and slaps Him in the face. Furthermore, when you get a vision of God, you see how powerful He is. He can crush you like a bug without thinking twice. And it caused this, this prophet Isaiah to even cry out, I'm, I'm undone. How can anybody stand? He said, I'm un- unclean. My people are unclean. Everybody around me is unclean. What are we going to do? No wonder he was jumping at the chance to hope for God because he saw a God who's worthy of men's hearts. Jesus died for our sins and he's, they say he's the Lamb of God he takes away the sin of the world he's worthy to receive the, the reward of his suffering that's that everybody should love him everybody should live for him everybody with your heart with your heads bowed and eyes closed Father in the name of Jesus God I ask you to do, do something in these young people's hearts I can never do God I ask you to give them a vision of God everybody no chatting no talking no passing notes I have my eyes closed but God sees Father give them a vision of you that will change them for the rest of their lives give them a vision of the glory of Jesus Christ how great he is give them a vision of his suffering at the cross Give us a vision of our desperate need from you. How far we are from you. Give us vision, God. Open our eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray in this place that you grant people faith, that you grant people repentance, that you give them eyes to see their need. I rebuke the devil's lies. I rebuke the worldly spirit. In the name of Jesus. Come on. That spirit of lust, perversion, the spirit of pride, the spirit of shame, the spirit of guilt. Come down in the name of Jesus. You have nothing in these young people. And I pray for open, broken, humble hearts right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Anoint the Word of God. We're going to do two altar calls, and if the leaders can come up. If, if, if some of these leaders can come up, guys and girls. We're going to do the first call for lost sheep. That lifestyle I described, if that's everything you ever wanted, that pit bull, daddy Yankee lifestyle, if that's you, that twilight vampire fantasy, if that's you, and I don't say that mockingly, but if you have something, you know you're not living for God after hearing this message, come up, come up, the young ladies come up, with the, the women will pray for you, young men, come up, don't be ashamed, don't let the devil lie to you, come up and these men will pray with you, we're not here to judge you. 
We're here to encourage you. We are shepherds. We're here to help you, guide you to Jesus. We're here to help you get a blessed life. Lord, if you know you're lost tonight, if you know you need Jesus, if you don't want to live a life that you know you'll regret, next call is for disciples for our shepherds if you had one of those areas that God put his finger on sin, worldliness, distraction come up if you need boldness, if you need love if you need a vision, come up and our people will pray for you help us Lord help us Lord open the eyes of our heart Lord we need you more than anything we need to see things the way you saw it and to see you with clarity. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord.
We pray for the fire of God to consume every area, every area of unrighteousness, every area that is a hindrance in your walk to be consumed by the fire of God. His word says he is an all-consuming fire. And if you're in this place, and if you're willing, and if you're wanting, say, God, consume it all. Consume it all. Consume it all, God. I'm done running. I'm done hiding. I'm done pretending like you don't exist. I'm done doing it my way. Father, I pray that you break hearts today. And Father, I pray that those broken hearts will stay broken. It's no small thing that when you came down, you died on the cross. It's no small thing that you, Father, would send your son. That you would send your son. It's no small thing. Father, I don't know how you do it, but God, you do. You pour out your love in such a way that you make it personal, you make it intimate. And Father, I pray right now that as we're here, God, we would be unashamed, unashamed to be desperate, unashamed to be broken before you. Father, we don't have to pretend like we have anything in our lives that's put together. The only thing that's put together in our life is the blood of Jesus which holds all thing, which puts all thing in perspective. God, we pray that you give us the Holy Spirit perspective, that your kingdom right now is opening up, that the kingdom of heaven is being manifested right now in your hearts, that at these very same moments that as we're praying, the kingdom of heaven, the power of the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. Come on, if you're filled with the gifts of the Spirit, if you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, just start praying in the Spirit right now. We welcome you, Holy Ghost. This is your, this is your show. This is your youth group. This is your place. We invite you. We ask that you consume us, that you fill this atmosphere with your glory. God, we're a broken people, and we say that we want more of you. We don't know anything except for that which your Holy Spirit leads us. God, your word says that you will choose the foolishness to confound the wise. Father, God, your foolishness. Come on, church, just keep on praying right now. Just tear you a little bit right now. Father, we are uncovered before your eyes right now. God, it's not a show. It was for, if it was for a show, God, it'd be of no value for us. It'd be no value for us. But we know that your son, Jesus Christ, is at work in our hearts and in our lives. God, we wouldn't trade that up for the world. We wouldn't trade that up for the world. Come on, say in your heart right now with no music. So that you couldn't get called, caught up or lost in the music or just in the loudness. Would you make a declaration unto the Lord right now? 
that you will choose to be filled with his love, that you will turn away from worthless things, that if you fall, you will repent and you get back up. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. That you will determine in your heart that you're going to get back up. That you're going to not be defined by the mistakes that you made, but you're defined by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the new life that which he's given you, that you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Father, we choose to be renewed. God, even now you're renewing us. God, you're changing things up the ways we used to think about you, the way we saw you, the way we thought you could work. God, you are blowing our mind right now. Father, I ask that this week, God, you wouldn't leave this message. You wouldn't put it by the wayside, Father God, that it be on our forehead. God, the love that you would put in us, Father God, you would use us to reach other people. The same love, God, you would overflow, God, that we wouldn't have enough place, enough heart, Father God, to contain it. But God, we must share with us. Father, I pray that you would put an unction in our hearts and our spirits, God, that when we go back with our family, that when we go back to our friends that do not know Jesus Christ, that you would burn the truth in our hearts, that we wouldn't be afraid, that we'll have boldness to proclaim your gospel. Father, I pray for these students, God. Father, I pray for strength in their life. Come on, if that's you, just say, I receive. I pray for strength in their life, Father, God, to continue the walk, Father God, to continue their call, to continue to live for you and not doubt, Father God. You had never said it was going to be the easiest thing. You prepared us. You told us there will be winds. There will be the waves. There will be the storms. But you prepared us. You said to be founded, have a solid foundation on you. Father, I pray that you would do that right now. Come as this music plays, just seal it up right now. However the Lord spoke to you through our brother Jared right now, whatever area, whatever thing that the Holy Spirit put his finger on, say, God, never again. I'll live in righteousness. God, I'll go out. I'll share my faith. God, whatever it takes, come whatever area right now as the music just plays, just you and the Lord. going to pray a general prayer of dismissal but if you want to tarry if you just want to hang out with jesus and the holy ghost this place is going to be set for prayer but for those that want to hang out we're going to bless you father i pray in the name of jesus for all of every student in this place god that your word would penetrate our hearts god they would have found good soil and father god it will grow father god and bear much fruit for your kingdom father i pray for every student that you would use them this week Will you spur them on, Father God, to speak your word, to win somebody to the Lord. Use them, Father God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're free to be dismissed, but if you just want to hang out right now, we're just going to let this music play, and just where the Holy Spirit takes us, you can stay. We love you all. We love to see you at life groups. Hallelujah.
you're in this place, you just want more prayer, you just feel that there's something in your life you're just struggling with, or you just want to come and just be encouraged, Jared's going to be up here in the front. If you just want to see some counsel on how to share your faith with friends, Jared is our evangelism pastor. He will counsel you. He will put out some wisdom. If you have any questions for him, he'd love to answer them.